Welcome to the Agency Journey Podcast, where we connect with agency leaders to uncover the hidden systems and processes that drive their success. Now, let's dive into today's show. Hey, it's Gray. I want to let you know that today's episode of the Agency Journey Podcast is brought to you by Around. What is Around? It's a video calling tool that's lightweight, it's playful, it doesn't take up your whole screen. It has saved me so much CPU usage. And I was a super early adopter of Round back in early 2020. And I'm so thrilled that they're sponsoring the show. We're still using it. It is the coolest internal communications tool that we've added in the past 18 months here at Zenpilot. We absolutely love it. It's made our meetings a lot more enjoyable. The Giphy integration is absurd and really fun. And um, yeah, I think everyone's kind of gotten used to here uh, in the post-COVID environment, the fact that people are working from home. But they have some super cool tech that's baked in. Uh, everyone talks about being AI-based. They actually have AI-based uh, noise removal, camera framing, and background cropping. So basically, you're not seeing a big square or rectangle of what your camera would be. It's a circle that centers on your head, and it cuts out a lot of the background stuff. And then if you get people screaming in the background, I've got four kids at home, it's going to cut out a lot of that noise. It's absolutely awesome. So you can try around for free. Go to around.co slash agency journey. If you sign up, if you like it, shoot me your favorite filter. Ask me for a link to my secret room. I love to hear from other agencies who are using it. I think this is an awesome tool for internal agency teams. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, welcome back to another episode of Agency Journey. Uh, I am Gray McKenzie. I'm your host. And this week, I've got not one, but two special guests. I've got Troy Osinoff and Michael Lisevetsky, co-founders. Hey, Gray. At Juice. Welcome in, guys. Thanks for joining me. Um, I'm going to start with, so, uh, we've been connected for what we're coming up on two years now, um, uh, right now in juice, which the website's thinkjuice.com. We're going to do, um, more of your story here as we go, but you guys have done something since really early on. You've, you've grown much at a much faster clip than most agencies, um, uh, out there originally headquartered in, uh, New York city. Now you two are both in Miami. You've joined the the stream of uh, folks migrating down to Miami. But Troy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push this to you first and we're going to jump right in. Um, what have you guys done? I realize I've got the perspective of seeing a bunch of agencies and you're just like, yeah, this is how agencies grow, but this is not how most agencies grow. What have you guys done on the sales front that's allowed you to grow so quickly? Yeah, I mean, the issue most people face when starting an agency and growing it out is... Uh, you have that first group of of clients, which are effectively friends within your network. Uh, and the issue that happens is once you exhaust your friend network, um, not being able to go past your friends and family network is where most agencies kind of die die off. And for us, like we always like like we of course leveraged our network to start Juice, and then we made a like a big big emphasis on the the quality of our work to make sure that those initial uh, clients that we got think within our network can be a show can showcase what we can actually do and the results we can achieve from our team so we leveraged the existing clients we had to start with to find those next clients and putting out public case studies and kind of building in public to show up on what we were doing and how different we were than every other agency and how much level more level of thought and care we put into our clients and the work kind of showed like spoke for itself yeah makes a lot of sense Mike, from you and Troy both have uh, pretty advanced pedigrees for folks in the in the age bucket that we're all in, and I put myself in there because I'm 
I'm the old fart in the room. And, uh, and that's, that's unusual in these conversations, but, um, your background, obviously, um, going through a couple different startups ahead of going to juice, um, were there pieces from that or like, what were the most valuable pieces of experience that you had coming to juice that helped you guys scale? I think, unfortunately, the, some of the most valuable pieces of experience were just working with other agencies that weren't able to deliver on their promises. So what, what brought Troy and I together was a really simple goal, which is, or, or question rather, which is why can't agencies provide like a high level of service or a great experience? Or why, why do so many agencies struggle in delivering with that promise? And I mean, we could do a better job now at answering those questions than we did from the outside. <laughs> But, uh, but no, it, it brought us together and enabled us to, to know like at least the obvious things we were able to tackle. And then we learned a lot of lessons along the way to just, just figure it out. But the idea is that we, we've always run like a startup, some more like a traditional Silicon Valley perspective startup, whether it's a technology that we've used, the approach, the mindset, uh, the principles kind of through and through, we've, that's, that's all we knew in a sense. So it was pretty straightforward to us for, for us to take those values and, and embody them. Yeah. From a, you mentioned kind of the servicing side and seeing why there's some of the challenges that agencies uh, run into on that front. Um, you guys have, uh, have started out, one of the things that I admire about your story is you started out relatively streamlined in terms of what those service sets were so you kind of built the name originally from my understanding in the paid social space and then kind of layering on paid search and then added in more of the website um, with peachy kind of sister company to juice that does shopify development and now you're tacking on email and that kind of stuff was that accidental or was that intentional and mike i'll start with you and then Oh, it's completely intentional. I mean, it was just bolt on. It was bottom up. I mean, there are a couple of things that we we had as non-negotiable from day one, such as we would never do white label work. So we we are, I mean, the decisions we've made were always growth focused and thankfully they paid off. Now it wasn't always a direct payoff. Sometimes it felt like a little bit of a boomerang effect. Um, but it's the key is that they paid off. So for example, we didn't take on white label work. Uh, Troy and I reinvested most of what could be salary or take-home income into salaries. We were always trying to hire and move forward. I think the biggest challenge we've had is just keeping up with with headcount and talent, just given the demand. And thankfully, the demand has scaled and everything's moved forward and, and we've scaled up. But the biggest challenge has been just keeping up with that demand. But really, it's 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 just keeping consistent. It's We first started with paid social. We wanted to make sure we were delivering there. We almost we're limited by talent as well. I mean, we weren't comfortable launching a new channel until we knew that we could deliver on it. There's also this element where you don't want to be known for everything because if you're known for everything, you're known for nothing. Especially as a challenger agency, as a startup agency, you can't come out of the gate trying to boil the ocean and trying to do everything for everybody because that's a quick way for people to think that you're a discount shop or just, it just wasn't the brand we were building. So thankfully what happened was we, Started with paid social, we were able to build a, like an like world class paid search team. Now we're building a world class email marketing team, and we're doing it right. So like with every kind of iteration and addition, we've just gotten better, and we're we're just a lot better. Thankfully, like we we've taken the lessons, we've taken the hits, the learnings, and now we're able to do this better, stronger, faster. So with every channel, we're able to launch it faster as well. 
And um, I'll just wrap another. The last point is you asked about Peachy. So we actually have a sister agency called Peachy and it does web development and design. So uh, one of our partners at Juice, he he was taking on this web development work and we had a bunch of inbound and it just intuitively made sense to us again, because we didn't want to dilute the Juice brand and we didn't want to just be everything for everybody. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we were specializing. So Peachy specializes in web development and design. There's about 80% e-commerce to 90% e-commerce, a lot of that Shopify, uh, big commerce and the, the big ones, and then some other projects as well. So we just always wanted to make sure that everything made sense and it was very clear and clean from the outside world. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Troy, we were talking a little bit about potentially looking at uh, growth through acquisition. You guys have kind of reached a point where there's probably some faster ways to continue to, to scale up um, your capacity to handle more clients. This is a great time to grow as an agency. The challenge for everybody right now is scaling up the ability to service that and, and continue to provide good results for clients. Um, what's the thought process for you guys behind looking to potentially acquire? What types of agencies would you be interested in potentially uh, bringing on board? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely looking at the possibilities of acquiring an agency. Um, and of course, this helps us grow the agency from a revenue perspective, which is nice. But as Michael is touching on, uh, talent, acquiring talent is one of the top priorities for us and good talent. So we're looking at acquiring agencies as a means to acquire more talent. With the, we've, thankfully, with Juice, like we have a lot of demand for uh, for clients coming in, and we turn down most of the business coming in. We only really take that's something else we've done since the beginning that we always Mike and I firmly believed in is that we won't take on a client unless we truly believe in them. We truly believe we can have an impact on them. So we have no shortage of clients coming in. Thankfully, um, trying to want to work with us, um, but the only limitation on our side is talent to service them, and we will never. Uh, take on too many clients we can't properly service them and give them all the attention that they need um, to properly grow their accounts. So the meet so the optionality of potentially acquiring a company or an agency gives us the the means to actually grow in talent. So it gives us lets us one see a group uh, and, and like an aggregate see all their work and how they perform and uh, what they're what they're capable of. And two, just again, just acquire grow the company much quicker uh, rather than hiring one offset at a time, which we've been doing, of course, um, internally. But it just gives a quicker, quicker means to an end of uh, getting that talent in the door. That makes sense. Do you guys have any kind of um, uh, benchmarks around types of? Is it more kind of exploratory, see what's out there, or hey, we'd like this type of size of an agency or the specific skill set of an agency? Um, for the skill set, I mean, any of our core competencies that we operate in, we're definitely interested in. Like I know Mike was touching on that, like email is a big emphasis for us right now with our clients. So like an email agency would be great, uh, paid social, but really any areas where we, uh, we operate in, we're always open to because our clients, uh, we, like I said, we have client demand across the board. So we're pretty open, but paid social and email are probably the, um, the top two in my opinion, but definitely open across the board. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I think what we're looking for is, is folks with a certain type of mindset. The hardest thing that we've had is is there's really there's been no way to replicate the, the type of mindset that we were cultivating. And Gray, at some point you had you had a first you know front row seat. And a lot of why we're able to deliver what we're able to deliver is is our clients, everyone, they're buying into the mindset. They're buying into the approach, they're buying into the fact that we take ownership, they're buying into the fact that the team actually cares. So that's really hard to replicate. So for us, 
um, to find competent people and, and, and a talented, motivated team that wants to come in and grow. That's, that's the most interesting thing. Like for us, Troy and I, like we, we've done businesses in a bunch of industries and um, now Juice is maturing and is beginning to, to kind of thrive without our direct involvement. And it's, it's pretty incredible to see, but it still represents us. And for us, like we want to do everything that we do well. So anybody who wants to join that journey, who wants to just kind of be in front of a fire hose of new business um, and be able to leverage that new business, but ideally and, and more importantly, deliver like great work for that, for those clients. I think the, the mindset thing is the hardest, like that's the part of culture that's the hardest thing to, to build and to replicate um, in any business. So, uh, um, I can relate to that on a very personal level. Um, speaking of the operational front and kind of growing out the team, you guys have a little bit of a track record. I don't know. We haven't talked about this. I don't know if I think you guys will relate to this right away when I say it, but I've, there's this pattern that you guys have, which is you're willing to. So a couple of keys, I guess, in the juice story. One is you had pipeline, you built pipeline and you were able to close new clients, but then you didn't. Uh, because of this drive to deliver a different experience, um, you went and invested. So uh, before I was involved at all in the juice journey, you put a good amount of money into trying to solve more of the operational um, challenges and building out the operational infrastructure. And then you made the continued investment with Zen Pilot. You guys put a lot of money into growing it, but you have this pattern of if there's an area of the business that needs to be fixed, uh, we're going to take action and both get personally invested and then also put money into it. And then there's also this pattern of we're going to spend money from the outside and then we're going to try to bring those resources in-house for a long-term solution, which I think is the right way for agencies to think about it. Uh, how do I solve this with outside expertise and then figure out how to replace that in-house? So in terms of bringing on talent, working with external recruiters, and then this is, and I don't know how recent this is for you guys. So um, Mike, maybe you could touch on this, but bringing in an internal recruiter. How has that process been? And then is that an intentional decision to say, hey, we'll, we'll buy outside help first and outside expertise from someone who's seen this pattern a bunch of times, but then ultimately we want to in-house that and, uh, and make it something native to juice? Yeah. I mean, the priority has always been, how do we get to the answer the quickest? Uh, again, we've always been growing. Everyone has a, has a goal and a focus and an approach. Ours has always been growth. It's if we ask ourselves one question, how do we grow faster? And the faster solution is to buy the answer to the best of our ability. Like money is not always a solution and it doesn't always solve anything. But um, when we find competent vendors and like, because the two primary levers you have as an agency owner, really any business owner is you have uh, time and money. And then those dictate people and those dictate everything else. But you have time and money just as, just as a human. So how do you leverage those two things to, to move forward? So in our case, uh, it wasn't about how much money could we make today. It was about how do we invest in our company and our team and our people uh, and just figure it out. And thankfully, now it's starting to pay off. Yeah, Mike and I was always look at, no, I was just going to say, Mike and I always look at long-term investments rather than like the like immediate, I mean, like, like a lot of like agencies or people immediately just, there's money on the table, which is taken as income. Mike and I always one of these ethos to like, you know, just re keep reinvesting and growing the company for the long term gains because um, we know it would pay off later and be helpful for the company. When did you make the decision to hire a recruiter in house? 
we had a, an offset at some point. We realized like historically our biggest bottleneck ever was talent. And we had always kind of tiptoed around this idea of committing to a full-time. Well, she's a recruiter. She's an HR lead. We, we were very much tiptoeing around it. And we realized like, hey, if we want to grow, if we want to solve our number one issue, we want to finally get ahead of it, then this is the move. I would say two or three months ago. Yeah. And Troy, you were saying um, you kind of outlined some of what you wanted that person, that recruiting role to do. So obviously there's the obvious stuff, hey, go source talent, but were there any guidelines that I might be surprised by that you laid out uh, for that role? Um. No, no quirky, weird stuff like you'd expect from me. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, just uh, we have a series of interview like questions we asked uh, potential hirees, making sure they're a fit for our company, someone we enjoy working with. Um, getting their, and it's really important. We have a, not only like the executive team with the company, but a you know media buyer team, people within the different different parts of the organization interviewing potential hires to get everyone's buy in the company. It's not just the executive team's decision; it's everyone's decision because they're going to be working with them day to day. Um, so that's been important for us as well, getting the whole team buy and realize we're all growing this together and we're all a team uh, at the end of the day that we work together on all this. So it's important. Everyone enjoys working with each other. Right. Yeah. I think as, as we've grown as well, we've tried to actually increase the level of transparency throughout the organization. Um, and the reason for that is just, it's been interesting to watch, like, yeah, we, we, we've been in this position where we've been trying to hire and over hire for like six months or even longer. And what we didn't want to do is end up in the position where the team felt like we were stringing them along or somehow not delivering. So we took a step back and we're like, the, the, at least a solution is true transparency. But they knew, they saw what we saw uh, to, you know, to, the, to the most allowable extent. Like sometimes you don't want to share all the ups and downs because sometimes they don't materialize and they just don't make sense. But to the, to the best of our ability, we try to be fully transparent. We actually have, um, I think it's once or twice a week, like specifically talent pipeline updates that go out to the entire company, mm. but the entire company is bought into the recruiting process. I mean, we have referral bonuses that we give our team if they're able to help us uh, successfully issue a successful offer that turns into a hire. So really we're going out of our way and we're, we're seeing like, what, what can we do to, to have people buy in? That's awesome. The, um, the talent pipeline thing, I think having those updates going out to the team ahead of time makes a lot of sense. That's mm -hmm. a cool iteration on the process to have that for them. Uh, so you guys were on TechCrunch today. And so, of course, I just texted you and said, hey, can we talk here in a couple hours? And you said yes. Um, not actually how it happened. So what's the deal with magic? Troy, I'll, I'll throw it to you. You can start with an overview of, of what it is. Yeah, so Michael and I joined on Magic for Fund Two. Uh, fund One was very successful, and thankfully invested in a few unicorns and some great companies. And Mike and I jumped on for Fund Two uh, at a much larger. I think Fund One was one point five million, and uh, well, Fund Two is they were hitting thirty million. And uh, we're leading, like I'm leading up D to C and Martech investing. Mike is leading up fintech, proptech, real estate tech. Um, and we're taking, we're all we're just a collective of, of fat, sorry, all the techs, all the techs, uh, we're a collective of founders, which is super interesting. And it really 
made it really enticing for myself to join on. Uh, I'm sure Mike as well for the same reason, just because founder, the whole thesis is founders backing founders. It's one thing to be money in like and be a typical like a standard investor, just be a monetary add-in, but actually have strategic insight and help you can have for these portfolio companies to actually make sure like from our side, like Mike and I know oodles about growth. So we can help all of our our portfolio companies on the growth side. Uh, we have other people in the company, uh, in the in the portfolio, in the in the fund that have other skill sets. As we could all help from our own perspectives, our own insights, our own experiences, and be true value adds to the portfolio companies we're investing in. So super excited about it. And Mike, there's uh, the two of you, and then ten other GPs. Yeah, so there there are twelve GPs in total. So the the whole premise of Magic, I mean, trying our hearts are in building companies. And from an agency perspective, we're certainly like we're, we help empower companies in the ideal case and we help build them and kind of see them thrive over time. But it's, it's a little bit removed. I mean, we're a vendor and we always wanted to get back to our roots. So what's, it, what's cool about Magic is we're able to do it part time. So the whole premise of Magic is there are so many partners to enable each partner to participate part time and do so in a way where they're still operating their primary businesses and they're still founders. That, that's the whole idea is, is the premise of Magic is that founders are, are the best investors. So Magic was just a really great opportunity to kind of teed us up. Uh, now we can identify opportunities that, that fit this venture capital thesis that, that can get really big really quickly according to like the, the thesis on that side and then also be able to participate in the upside. All right. Uh, that's awesome. And that's, uh, is most, are most of the GPs, it's not, Based out of Miami, right? It's all remote. Everyone's remote. Global. Yeah. Yeah. Global. yeah. We have some folks in uh, in LA. We have some folks in Africa. We have some folks in Southeast Asia. Yeah. In America. We get some examples. Definitely in America. Miami. Spread out. Uh, yes. Yeah, awesome. It's pretty pretty global coverage. Yeah. Uh, it's cool to see that um, come together and that opportunity for you guys um, as well. So as we're wrapping up, um, I always like to see what are the types of roles agencies are hiring for in terms of what you're recruiting for right now. What are the main, uh, roles or a couple of the main roles that you guys are looking for? It's always the same. It's just most people, mostly folks that are executing. Like we, we try to prioritize hiring within, uh, promoting within rather. So for us, it's like, how do we get talented people that know how to execute? And then tee them up in a way where we can ideally coach them up and then promote them. Makes sense. So you're saying uh, media buyers, account strategists on the paid search, paid social side. Yep. We'll the position. Exactly. So folks that can for us, it's it's strategists. So folks that can manage accounts, folks that can do media buying, those are ideal. And uh, but to your point earlier, I mean, the goal is to like if there's an aspiring agency that's growing and maybe they're not growing at the right pace. And they want to be part of something that's already slightly bigger and on track to become bigger faster than that's a target as well. Right. Uh, so I mentioned the URL earlier, thinkjuice.com. Uh, if anyone wants to follow you guys, obviously, Troy, I can't have you on and not give you a hard time for being at yo on Twitter. Um, so you're the, you're the, actually, there's an app. Have you guys heard of this app called Around? around dot they're gonna say they're gonna say yo app but what's uh, what's around <laughs> so around is uh is really cool actually they'll probably be sponsoring the podcast it's a it's a fun uh video app it um it lets you have these little rooms and you can 
you know, members from the team. If someone's in any of the rooms, you can see who's in there. But it's got uh, so if everyone's sitting in the same room, it's got noise cancellation where it'll echo cancel out. They had this pre Zoom. Now I think Zoom has some of the same stuff. And it's just these little circles of team members and different filters, basically taking some of the pressure off. But um, it, anyways, it's been really fun to use in a remote world. So anyways, uh, around.co slash whatever their thing for rooms is slash yo. I made sure I went and, and registered that right away just to just to troll you for down the road. Damn. at some point in time. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. Power moves um, only. But for folks, but for folks who want to follow you guys, um, what are the best? What are your preferred channels? What are the best places for people to, to follow the journey? Myself, it's Twitter at yo, Instagram at Troy. Very easy. How about you, Mike? Yeah, I need, to, I need a better Twitter handle. But uh, <laughs> Mike Liso on Instagram, and then underscore l i s o underscore on Twitter. That's right. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on, being willing to share. It's been super cool to see the juice journey and uh, to be a part of it. So I appreciate you guys coming on. Thanks, Thanks Greg. Great catching up. Thanks for listening to the Agency Journey Podcast. Visit agencyjourneyinsiders.com to join the podcast community and be sure to subscribe for future episodes.